This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to That's Debatable. Well, let me just start off by saying the Britney book has been released to the world. And yes, I read it. And yes, we're going to recap it. So let's just get right into it. So when I first made the first episode of Is Britney Spears Alive? If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, the book was not released. The book was pushed back months and months and months and months. And we never knew if we were actually going to get it. And turns out we got it. And Britney Jean Spears dropped The Woman in Me. And I read it. And honestly, I was thinking, I was like, you know, I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to see so many clips of it on TikTok. Everyone's going to talk about it. They're going to debrief it. But there's not a whole lot on the internet about it. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because it just recently dropped. But the book, it's juicy. We do get good moments. Some questions were answered. Some questions weren't answered. And I think the biggest thing that I got from the book is just how intense, I think we all kind of knew this though, how intense Britney's life has been. And we're just going to recap the whole things and moments that I thought were stood out to me the most. And we're just going to start off. We're just going to start off because this one is going to be a really big doozy. So sit down. If you're at work, put your headphones in. If you're at home, sit down on a cozy couch because we're going to get into this book from the beginning to the end. So the beginning of the book starts off with Brittany essentially talking about what her childhood was like. And she talks a lot about the dichotomy between her mother and her father and their two lives and how they were so different. Her mother came from money and her father did not. What I find interesting about this part was her father has been the same person and it's kind of crazy how they knew what was happening. They knew what happened in his life and yet they still thought it was okay to have him be the person controlling the conservatorship. But we're going to get into that. Brittany talks about how when she was young, her her escape was essentially just singing and how what she says was, I feel like a lot of times what artists do is when they can't deal with their own lives, they create another reality. And that's exactly what Brittany did. And she goes, and in that reality, I was a pop star and I love singing and I was singing all the time. And I had these big dreams because that's where I was. That's where I felt most comfortable living was in my dreams. And she talks about how that was her driving force. And as a child, her father was an alcoholic and he was so much so that she was scared to get into the car with him because of how just manic he would be. And she says he was the type of alcoholic that would disappear for days. And at that point, she would say that those days were days of bliss because of the fact that they didn't have to deal with it and how she held a lot of resentment towards her mother because when her father would come back from his like drinking binges, um, her mother would obviously be really upset and she would be screaming at him and they would be arguing, but her father being so drunk wouldn't say anything. And Britney Spears recounts that, oh, all I wanted to do was sleep. I just wanted to go to sleep. And all I heard was my mother nagging and complaining and yelling at him. And I would get really mad at her because she was the only voice that I heard. All the while, it was my father doing all of the bad things and how she starts to hold resentment for her, but she loved her mother. She loved her mother. 
and still does, I'm sure. I'm not, I don't want to say that in past tense and have it be like, she doesn't anymore. But moving forward, she talks about when we all know the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And this is something that I actually didn't know. I get giddy whenever she mentions like Brian Gosling, Christina Aguilera, and Justin Timberlake. And even the environment that she said on the set. So essentially, she tried out for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and she just casually reference, references me and Christina Aguilera were in the same group and they both denied us the first time, which I did not know that. I thought they got into it immediately right away. But the producers, I guess, or the casting directors of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse were, were like, you have a lot of potential. You're just too young right now. They went, they tried it, tried out again. Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears both ended up getting in. And she talks about looking up to the bigger kids, her and Christina. And those bigger kids were Ryan Gosling and Justin Timberlake. T, big, big, big. Whoever did that casting directing, yeet. Oh my God. And I guess that was her first kind of interactions with Justin Timberlake. Now, I want to say she mentions Justin Timberlake in this book 50 gajillion times. She, I have never heard somebody say Justin Timberlake the amount of times that Britney Spears mentioned him in this book. And I honestly understand why she was completely in love with him. But this leads into the next part of when she met Justin Timberlake. And we're going to call him Jay because that's what she calls him. And I guess now we're all friends. And she talks about this like super infatuation that she had with him. So that was her first kind of interaction of knowing Mr. JT suit and tie. After Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, she goes to back home, Louisiana. People decided everybody else was either going to go to New York or L.A. And she was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go home. Just going to go home, take a little napsy, napsy, chill. I did what I did. I love Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and lived her best life. At that point, she ended up getting bored because obviously she's an artist. And as an artist, you want to be able to kind of share your craft or even just work on your craft. So she decided to then start releasing her demos. Started releasing her demos. From then, she got signed. When she got signed, she was like, okay, well, this is a step in the right direction. Immediately after, she then went to Sweden, and that's where she met Max Martin. Max Martin is a big person in this because he's the one that helped her create Hit Me Baby One More Time. First of all, iconic, 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 iconic. So she did that. All the while, she comes back, and she's like, all right, well, let's record a music video for this. When she's recording the music video, she talks about how the team was like, had this idea for the music video to be like this futuristic astronauts. And, you know, we're going to make this really cool, spacey kind of music video. And Britney was like, that makes no sense. It's the baby. The song is called Hit Me Baby One More Time. And we're in space like that. Those two don't really go together. So. The idea and the concept of what now we know of the music video, she said, why don't we just do this like how my friends usually would do? We're sitting in school, the bell goes off and the song comes on and we're dancing and we're all in these uniforms. And that's a better idea. And I think that sits better in my heart. She became a giant, a mogul, an icon, a living legend. And she became for what we know now as Britney Spears. And this, and she talks about in the book how this completely changed her whole entire life. Obviously, song went number one, went absolutely crazy. She talks about her time in Sweden with Max Martin and how she enjoyed that time so much. From that, because now she's this huge icon, she goes on tour with NSYNC. And if y'all don't know who NSYNC is, 
I can't help you. I really can't help you there. Like, I, I'm not even going to go into who. We all know who NSYNC is. And obviously, notoriously, Justin Timberlake is in NSYNC. So now there's a little lap, lap around because obviously he was in the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And now she's on tour with Justin Timberlake and his, and his you know, little, and the boys and the boys. I'm not going to go through their whole names, but because I don't think I can. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I just talk shit on them, but like, I'm sorry. Goes on tour with him. And then this is when the Justin Timberlake era begins because obviously now they're spending a lot more time together. You know, she obviously is attracted to him. She kind of keeps referencing him. They end up dating. I think this was a big part of the book. And this is the part of the book that I actually did see the most on the internet was because she just talks about how in love they were with each other and how it was like this giddy feeling of being with each other and they all they did was spend time with each other and they loved each other and they were living together at one point which also t because of the fact that britney had this like idea of like britney spears is a virgin and she's like this all-american sweetheart and no of course she doesn't do sex oh hell no like she's just a southern belle like doesn't do any of that praise jesus praise the lord up and down sideways and vertically and she's now living with this man so it's like obviously you know they're getting freaky but you know the media isn't basically her team was just like we want to sell this image of you and this is the image of you that we're gonna present to you and Brittany was kind of just like okay well I mean that doesn't really make sense I don't really understand why I have to talk about what my sex life is but sure whatever we'll sell that image if that's what sells the big part of the book also she does reference their iconic denim moment and she was like that she said it jokingly to her stylist or whoever it was that she's like oh you know it would be so funny if we just did all denim and she's like I didn't think they were going to be serious about it but then when we went to go do our fittings they literally brought me and Justin Timberlake all denim. And, you know, he was completely on board with it. He was okay with it. He didn't care. He was like, yeah, I'll do it. It doesn't matter. Like, we'll do it. And honestly, thank God they did it because it was iconic. It To this day, is still iconic. Um, Justin Timberlake with his little jean jacket, bucket hat. But, and what's funny too is Justin Timberlake actually talks about it in an interview, which Brittany mentions in the book that, you know, they kind of got on him for wearing that. And they were like, why would you do that? Like, that was so corny of you. And he was like, when you're in love, you do the craziest things. So obviously this was something that they both felt. The big part of it was when Britney Spears idea of what the relationship with Justin Timberlake was going to be was they were going to have a family. They were going to get married. They're going to be together forever because of how intense this love was. And ultimately, they're already living together. You know, obviously, they're getting freaky deaky while Britney Spears is being told that she has to be a virgin in the media. We all know that. Great. Cool. And that dream of hers to have a family with him ended up starting to become a reality because she ends up pregnant with his child. And when she went to go tell him, she was very much on board of like, let's what do we want to do here? What are the next steps here? Are we having this child? What's happening? And Justin Timberlake essentially was just like, we're too young. We're not ready for this. I don't think that this is the best route for us to go. And Britney Spears ended up, which is I think was so sad in the book, where she's like, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but I decided not to keep the baby and she got an abortion. And what the biggest part of this that I found to be crazy, obviously outside of the fact that Britney Spears aborted a Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears child. I don't even know what that, oh my God. Oh my God. I don't, can you imagine? Suit and tie would have been on a thousand. Like, it, or we may have never gotten it. Wait, no, now I'm just thinking about it in my head, sorry. But 
when she was oh my god this is so sad because she talks about the fact that justin timberlake was like we can't go to a hospital because nobody can know about this nobody can know about this and obviously these are now the biggest artists in the world at that point and if they were to go to a hospital or if they were to go do it in a medical center, somebody they risk the chance of somebody finding out about this moment in their lives. So they had to do it at home. And it was just her, Brittany, JT, and her then assistant, Felicia. Just the three of them. And they made, not that they made Brittany. I don't want, they didn't make her do it because this was like a decision between the two of them. But she ended up taking the abortion pill and... Obviously, if you guys don't know what that's like, um, pretty grueling for some people. Um, obviously, very traumatic because she still talks about that was the most intense pain she's ever felt in her entire life. And she still can remember what that pain feels like 20 years later. And now, mind you, she had two children. So you can just imagine how much pain. Also, funny part, which I'm getting to right now. But. Not that the thing, it's not funny what happened, but I'm saying this next part that I'm about to say is like really like ridiculous. But she took the pill. Obviously, you know, her body is doing what the pill is supposed to be doing. And she says that she was in excruciating pain and she was just on the floor and Justin Timberlake comes in. <laughs> I'm sorry, like this is not funny, but Justin Timberlake comes in and he's like, okay, I see that she's in, in this intense pain. So obviously, you know, it's traumatic on your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, all of it, all of the above. Justin Timberlake has the amazing idea to say, I know how I can fix this with the power of song. Man walks in, in the book, in the book, she says he walks in with a guitar and <laughs> she says the only way that he thought I would feel better is maybe with some music and it starts strumming some chords on the guitar. If this isn't the Barbie movie, I don't know what else is. Because this man, she's essentially, no, she's not essentially. She's having an abortion on the floor in excruciating pain. And Justin Timberlake is like, what the fuck? I got you. Let me play a couple chords for you. Like playing the guitar at her. Like if you guys haven't seen the Barbie movie, that's a literal scene in the movie, which is so funny because Ryan Gosling plays Ken and he was in Mickey Mouse Club. It's all a full circle moment. But... I don't think anything is ever a coincidence. I'm not going to lie. But it's so funny that Barbie got that moment in time just nail on the head because that's literally what just Justin Timberlake did. And he just played the guitar at Britney while she was having an abortion. I would have been furious, but that's just me. I would have been like, get the fucking guitar out of here. What the hell? Are you kidding me? What did I get a private show? Ooh. Like, no, 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 no. So, and she again recounts how that pain is something that will not be lost on her because she remembers how intense that pain actually was. And from there, you know, I feel like Brittany is kind of like a hopeless romantic because I think there's a lot of repetition in this book and she repeats herself a lot. And one of the things that she repeats is kind of the expectations of her partners in their relationships and how sometimes she, and it's not just Justin Timberlake that she did this with, but how she kind of is like, no, that's not going to happen. No, they're not going to leave me. No, we're going to stay together. We're going to work through this. And each time she's honestly just disappointed. So she talks about, and I remember this as a little girl in the media, how Britney Spears was portrayed as the villain in the relationship because 
obviously Justin Timberlake dropped Crimea River and he put literally a lookalike of Britney basically cheating and he's crying in the rain and he's doing all these other things. And Britney talks about how, yes, I cheated. I did cheat. 110% I cheated, but it was one night and I made out with somebody, but I did that because of the fact that I knew that Justin Timberlake was actively cheating on me all the time. And she was like, it's something that I knew, but I just never really said anything about. So she knew that he was cheating on him. And she talks about this in the book and she talks about how she finds out because one of her backup dancers or somebody on the team on the tour, um, says something and Justin Timberlake was is like, oh yeah, I hit that. She very much knew what was happening. And also T, 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 T. She said that, and she didn't want to name the person and we're not going to speculate here because that's not, what we're, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to just, you know, talk about the facts. But she was like, he also cheated on me and I'm not going to say the person's name because this person is very well known and they have a family and they're married and they have children and they, so I'm not going to say who it is, but he cheated on me with this person. Doesn't want to name them. I have my own ideas of who I think it is. Y'all can conspirize in the comments if you want. I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna put my two cents in there. I don't think I belong there. So fast forward, you know, this is happening. So then she, because of the fact that she knew Justin Timberlake was doing her dog dirty, she was like, all right, whatever, you know, what does it matter? Like, I still love him. He's still somebody that's really important in my life. Brittany has a mishap because one time is a mishap, I mean, it should never happen. You should, I'm looking at both cameras right now. Don't cheat on your significant others. Don't be crazy, girl or guy, whoever. Don't do it. So Britney Spears goes out to a Latin bar and, you know, she's dancing, dancing the night away and makes out with a man named Wade Robson. And this man is the person who choreographed her Pepsi commercial. And this was her one mishap. And she says it in the book that I was loyal to Justin Timberlake or JT or Jay, whatever she names him at. I don't know. JJ, don't care. Justin, don't know. Um, for years. And I just, besides this one incident. So obviously, you know, Justin was kind of like playing her out, doing her dog dirty. And when Crimea River came out, Britney Spears never really kind of talked about Justin Timberlake's mishaps. She just kind of like was like, okay, it's one thing we know, but we don't say. Justin did the exact opposite. And used the art of music to kind of say his feelings and expressions. And obviously the media being what the media is, this is a highly publicized couple. This was a huge thing. Um, they're both A-list celebrities dating each other. Of course, everyone is gonna be all over them. And when he dropped Crimea River, everyone basically was like, oh, Britney cheated. And Britney is a whore. And Britney is a cheating that's essentially what the media put her as. Britney talks about how that time in her life was a really hard time and Justin Timberlake ended up actually breaking up with her through text message. Through text message. These people were so, 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 so in love. And something that she talks about in the book is when he wrote her, <laughs> he wrote her a letter and she goes, until this day, I have that letter underneath my bed. Weird, but okay. I mean, maybe she's, you know, likes mementos like that. And Justin Timberlake framed this letter and gave it to her, which is also weird. Like this man loves himself way too much to be like, this is going to be a piece of art in your life for the rest of your life. And she talks about how in the letter he ends it with, I can't breathe without you. And she says, and I'm not gonna quote, but it's very close to what she says is, and I'll still cry if I think about it too much to this day. <laughs> she goes, when I read the end of it, 
I can't breathe without you. I thought, wow, what an amazing writer he is. You know what, Britt? We'd love that for you. We'd love that for you. Um, this man played a guitar at you. This man framed a letter. Like, <laughs> and I'm not laughing at her. I'm not laugh. I'm not laughing at Brittany. I no, no, not doing that. But like, I'm just laughing at the fact that it's like I'm laughing at Justin Timberlake. I'm like, what are you? Okay, cool, great, amazing. She also talks about the distinction between the questions that. Justin Timberlake would get asked versus the question Britney Spears would get asked. And that distinction was Justin Timberlake would get asked about its artistry, you know, what, how the music process works for him. Britney Spears would get asked if her boobs were real. And she says they were indeed real. So if that's going to put that rumor to death, but she was like, I would just kind of constantly be asked about my boobs. They would look at my boobs, everything. They overly sexualized this, young adult essentially like she wasn't it's not like she's older she's a young adult that's on the scene that really wants to just sing and dance so they break up sadness tears obviously you know what that first like heartbreak feels like you never really kind of let it go it changes your dna for the rest of your life so after britney's done with her obligations at that point she goes back to louisiana and she is silent doesn't say anything she's like i she's just so heartbroken that she literally is just like I have no words right now. She is being scrutinized in every which way direction. And a big thing that she says, because now the image of what Britney Spears is at that point is completely changed because Justin Timberlake essentially broke the bomb, which I mean, honestly, we all should have known that she is not a virgin and Britney Spears is a woman. That's it. That That's literally it. And Britney Spears does say in the book that how happy that she was that he actually said that because it wasn't almost as if it's like a diss of like, oh, did you know this? It wasn't like cheese made gossip. It was more so of like, no, she's not a virgin. She's a grown woman. She's a young adult. Like, of course, we were living together. Like, this should have not been a surprise to you guys. And move forward. She's so heartbroken. And also another reason why this heartbreak was so heavy on her was because she says in the book that Justin Timberlake's family was her family. They were super close. They were that was her support system at that point. And that goes to show, that says a lot about her actual family, how she talks about how she spends holidays with them. So that was another heartbreak to her that she not only felt like she lost this relationship, but she also lost her support system being that she also felt like she was, that was her family because she doesn't have that support back home. Move forward, she starts recording, she keeps recording, she keeps doing her thing. She keeps, obviously she's still on top of the world. And we're going to fast forward to when she meets Kevin. I'm going to say this man's last name so wrong all the time, guys, just so everybody here knows. Um, when she meets Kevin, little Kev Kev, big K. And this part of the book was a little weird because she was like, all I wanted to do was be held. And I wanted that affection from my family, but I didn't have that. I wanted that affection from Justin, but he made me look like a, honestly, a, a in the eyes of the media. Um, I don't have his family anymore. I just wanted to be held. And this is when Kevin Featherline walks in and she talks about how they were in a swimming pool and he holds her for like an hour and that's all she wanted. And I don't know, Brittany, <laughs> the theatrics of all of this is just so like the guitar, the, the framed letter, the holding in the swimming pool, like all of this is just, I mean, you can't make this shit up, so. He holds her for an hour and 
at this point, she does say in the book, I was not in love with him, but I did have a lot of care for him. And I did have a lot of love for him, but she does not say that she was in love with him the way that she says that she was in love with Justin Timberlake. Cause that was like the first thing she said um, when she mentioned JT. So they end up, you know, doing this. She obviously starts to grow this attraction towards him. And if I'm honest with you, I feel like at that period in her life, I think what she just needed was a really big hug. I think she just needed somebody in her corner and it just so happened that Kether Featherline was there to be that person in her corner. So that's who she was drawn to. What she does say also was as they started dating and things started getting a little bit more serious, she didn't realize that he had children. Um, and it's because he wasn't really that big of like a famous person. And this is important to the story. He wasn't really that big. Um, so she didn't really know this. So, you know, she asked him about it. He doesn't deny it. He goes, yes, I do. I just didn't feel like it was like important in the conversation, my children, but whatever. And obviously he is not with the mother of his children at that point because he's with Brittany. Brittany ends up getting pregnant and she's super excited and she's like, I'm ready to start this chapter of my life. I've done a lot of the things I want to do and now this is the next step that I want to take. Brittany has her child and she talks about how protective she was of her children and how she didn't even let her mom hold one of her children for the first two months. And then after that, she would let them do it for let, let her hold him for like maybe five minutes. And she herself says like, yes, I was doing too much at that point. But like these were my children and I was their protector. And I think that also goes. It says a lot about the fact that maybe Brittany never really had that in her life. So she wanted to be able to give that to her children. And that's why she was so overprotective. Then. Brittany didn't really do much because right after she had her first child, three months later, she then got pregnant again. And now she's she was she talks about how so she was super excited about it because of the fact that her kids are going to be so close in age and that she was really happy about it. So Brittany wasn't really doing too much. Brittany then gives birth to her second child, her second son. And again, she talks about how the paparazzi, and this is a really big theme throughout the book, that the paparazzi was just so, so, so intense. And Brittany made it a point to not show her second child. And people in the media were like, why isn't she showing her child? Why isn't she showing her child? During this time, people are saying that professionally, she's not doing well. You can kind of see it. Also, her and Kevin ended up splitting because, and in the book, which is really sad, she was like, I didn't think that he was going to do what he did to his other um, baby moms, essentially, and leave me with two young babies. And in her head, she's like, he's not going to do that to me. He's not going to do that to me. Also, she talks about the fact that Kevin kind of was trying to make like a rap career happen. And that really ne never went anywhere, didn't do much. But also because of the fact that he's dating one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now, fame is obviously coming to him because of that, like adjacent to Britney Spears, obviously people are going to care about you. And it was a little getting a little in his head. And she felt almost as if like there was a distance there. But she was like, you know what? Things happen. People change. I've seen what he is before and he can change again and it'll be fine. So it's constantly Britney Spears kind of fighting for something that was no longer there. So they end up splitting. At this point, this is when now professionally you're not doing great or the media at least is saying that you're not doing amazing because personally, in your personal life, you are fighting for the only thing that you genuinely care about anymore, your children. And this is when we start to see kind of the spiral of Britney Spears. And rightfully so, because 
I mean, this, this is literally her heart and her souls. And she talks about how she kind of wishes that she could put her children back inside her so that she can kind of protect them from everything that's happening. Um, and then she starts dating a paparazzi. Also, the paparazzi being as intense as they were, she said that she could not leave her house. She couldn't even go to places for a long time. So her routine of things was touch and go. You go somewhere, you record or a studio session, you go really quick, you leave. That way, because she knew that if I stay here for anything longer than whatever it may be, if I stay here for a couple hours, by the time I walk out, it's going to be a herd of people just trying to kind of swarm me. So all the while fighting for custody of her children. This is when the spiraling happens. And this is when we see the infamous shaving of the head. And she recounts that moment in the book saying basically like the paparazzi were always looking for a moment. They were always looking for something. And that day I gave it to them and she shaved her head. We all saw those videos. We all saw that. And people were like, Britney Spears is going crazy. Not knowing all the while she is fighting to keep her children or not even to keep her children to see her children. Cause then at this point, Kevin is starting to deny access to her. And he's like, I'm not going to give you the kids. I'm not going to show you the kids. Sorry. And paparazzi were literally taking pictures of her as she's being denied access to her children. So that alone is traumatic within itself. So obviously, you know, there's a lot going on right now. She then starts dating one of the paparazzi people. And this is when things kind of start to get a little messy because People were like, oh, no, like this is that doesn't make any sense. Why are you dating him? Whatever. And she was like, well, he gives me, you know, I feel like he was always very kind with me and he was always very like looked after me almost. Starts dating him and she talks about how she did like these crazy things and she was driving on the edge of a cliff and people were following her and she did a full like 360 that she didn't even know she could do. And she goes, if the wheels would have turned two or three more times, we would have easily fallen off this cliff. And the paparazzi guy was with her and he was like, that was insane. We, what just happened? And Brittany was like, we could have just died there. And in that moment, she was like, I felt alive, but also it's like, whoa, that is a, whoa. I don't, I don't want to feel that alive that close to death. So this is when things start to get a little messy. She's not able to see her children. And not that she's not able to see her children. It's just that Kevin is just not giving them. And also, you know, you look at everything that's happening in the media. People are like, hey, you know, look at look what's happening in the media. You just shaved your head for everybody. Of course, you're not suitable to see these children, these babies, these infants. It's an infant and a toddler, like the most pivotal moments of their life. And this is when Brittany gets a call from her mother. Hey, the cops are looking for you. You should come to the house. And at this point, she's dating the paparazzi guy. And she's like, what? What do you mean the cops are calling? Like, are, that makes no sense. And she also says, she's like, listen, I've had some wild nights. I've done some crazy things. But I started thinking to myself, I've never done anything illegal that the police would need to get involved. And obviously, at that time, the media was trying to say that Britney was on all these drugs and she was drinking all the time and she's a wild child and she's going crazy and she's shaving her head and she's not mentally stable all the while. Like, yeah, she was having a couple of drunk nights, but I mean, like, who doesn't? She wasn't on drugs. The only drugs that she says that she really was kind of using at that point was Adderall. And she goes and even when she was partying with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and that iconic night of people were like, oh, my God, what are they on? She goes, the only thing that we were on that night was just on a thousand with being drunk. That's it. We were just drunk. We were not doing anything crazy. We were just drunk. And 
her mother calls her, goes over, and she's like, okay. She brings the paparazzi boyfriend at that point to the house. And she says the moment she walked into that house or even just like got near the vicinity of the house, she felt something weird. And she was like, this doesn't feel normal. Something's up, but whatever. She walked into the house and... Brittany's like, what the hell is happening? What, what is all of this? And essentially, they tell her, we're going to take you to a facility. I think that's what you need right now. I think that you need to get help. Um, and we're going to help you. That's how they framed it. So that's when, and I talked about this in the first episode when I talked about Brittany, they not tied her down, but basically like kind of forced her down onto a gurney and put her into, I guess, an ambulance or whatever car facility that is and took her to the facility. And then this was the beginning of the conservatorship. And her father owed a lot of money to somebody and having her in a conservatorship was going to benefit everybody but Brittany. And her mother at the same time was starting to write her memoir. And all of this lines up perfectly because she was placed under two forms of conservatorship conservatorship of person and conservatorship of the estate and what that essentially means of the first one conservatorship of a person is you're not able to make decisions for yourself you can't even decide what your food is you are not mentally stable enough to make to live as a human being you have to kind of be told what to do conservatorship of the estate which britney says in the book at that point was multi-million dollar estate she is not able mentally able enough to handle with all of that so who was in charge of all of it her father her father then starts controlling all of these aspects her father is paying her paying himself more than he's paying britney spears who is the money machine here and her mom is writing a memoir and she talks about, of course, I wasn't doing okay. Of course, I wasn't, you know, fine. But although she was going through a hard time, she says anybody would be going through a hard time because of the fact that I cannot see my children. Um, still dealing with the breakup from JT, honestly. So she was going through a really hard time in her life, but it didn't mean that she was mentally unstable, that she wasn't able to take control of her life. It's just like any normal person is. She's just going through a hard time. And when her mom started writing the memoir, Brittany was like, what is what is wrong with everybody? She essentially wrote this book talking about her children and how, you know, Jamie Lynn was, you know, although she got pregnant at 16, 17 years old, she's still with the with the father of her child. So it's not that bad. You know, her brother was going through his own things. But Brittany was the real problem. And of course, her mom is going to write about Brittany, because if you write about Brittany, that's going to generate a lot of money. And that's exactly what it did. That book did very well and at the expense of Brittany's pain. And she used moments in Britney's life, the things that were happening, her going away and her having to be on different type of med medications, all of this different, different stuff was being released in this book. And that is your mother. And she talks about the fact that I know that if my child was going through a hard time, the last thing I'm going to do is sit down with a fuck ass Bob and a nice little chic suit on a morning show and talk about their problems all to make money. And she says she, the one constant thing that she keeps repeating about in this book is if I was not able to take care of myself, if I was not able to handle myself, 
Why then was I allowed to go on morning shows, go do sitcoms, go do world tours? I was allowed to perform for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. That I was okay to do. But what I wasn't okay to do was pick out the food that I wanted to eat that day. And she kept asking herself this question throughout the book. She kept asking herself throughout this question throughout the book because... It was just confusing. And she talks about how she even would do like her taxes. And she was like, one thing I always am is on top of my, my money. And she was like, anytime that I wanted to do a tax deductible, all those receipts were kept in a bowl. All of it. I did the math for it. I did all of that. So you're telling me I was capable of doing that, but I wasn't capable of being with my children. I wasn't capable of making decisions for myself. Obviously, she started to go kind of some sort of resentment towards her mother because it's like, well, now you're writing a book about this. Also, Jamie Lynn was a whole nother experience of just like, you're my sister and I come home and you're like, hey girl, how are you doing? And it's like, obviously not fine. The only reason that we have a house above our head, the only reason that we're able to afford all these nice things. And she does say something about Jamie Lynn earlier in the book that Jamie Lynn lived a very privileged life because of Brittany, because Brittany wanted to take care of her. And she used this quote actually, because I remember this, because I love my girl, Arianka. And she goes, it was like Ariana Grande seven rings. That was Jamie's life. She wanted it. She got it. That was that was her way of life. All thanks to Brittany. So when you go home and your sister's kind of like, oh, how you doing, girl? Like, haven't seen you in a minute. And it's like, did you not just see what just happened to me? Did you not just see what my parents, our parents are doing to me? Like, they're taking everything away from me. And they're telling me essentially that I can't make decisions for myself. And this is when she talks about how the media was like, why is she acting like a child? Why is she being so childlike? What is happening to her? And it's because she was not able to make one decision for herself. And she talks about how when she would wake up, instead of it being like, what am I going to do today? Or like, oh, let me decide. Like, am I going to go do this? Or am I going to go do this? Like having, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, all right, let me plan out my day. It became more of like Britney Spears waking up, going to people and be like, what am I supposed to do today? What's happening? What, what What's What's the schedule I have for me? Because everything, every hour of every single day was perfectly planned for Brittany. And a big reason that this was ongoing and it went on for so long was because in the beginning, Brittany was like, the only way that I'm ever, ever going to be able to see my children is if I just play along. Maybe if I'm so good and if I follow the things that they're telling me to do, they'll maybe see that I'm okay and they'll let me just have my life back. But one thing I'm not willing to give up is my children. And if I have to stay in this and if I have to be told what to do every single day, every single day, day in, day out, and just be used as a cash cow, I'll do that as long as you let me see my children. And she says that her father became a multimillionaire off of this conservatorship, all in exchange for Brittany being able to take naps with her children. And that when she went to go have a conversation with her father about, you know, what was happening and essentially, you know, how everything was lining up the way that it was, the conversation basically says in the book, which honestly, when I saw this part in the book, I kind of got chills because her father just looked at her and said, I'm Britney Spears now. All you all essentially Britney was at that point was just the face. Everything was being she was like kind of like a puppet that her father was just like moving around to make money for different people because that's what Brittany was doing. She was making money for everybody but herself. She was put on an allowance of $2,000 every week, which is crazy to think about because can you imagine the millions of 
dollars that she has made for not only her family, but for production companies, for labels, for TV shows, like just the amount of money that generated out of Britney Spears is absolutely insane. And she says it again, because the repetition in this book is a lot. Um, how she's like, I always wondered why they would not l allow me to make my own decisions, but allowed me to be on stage. And this was in the book, she says, and then I realized the answer of that was because the circus world tour grossed over $130 million, $130 million that one tour made for her. So of course they're going to keep her in a conservatorship. Of course we're not going to let her do her things because if we control it, we get to say where that money goes. And that's exactly what ended up happening. So I think the saddest part of it is that this is now a grown woman who is able to birth two children and make millions of dollars for everybody else. But things, things such as small as her diet were, was being controlled by her father. And her father had it on a strict diet of like veggies and chicken. And he was like, you're not going to eat anything else because you have to lose weight. And he made that very, very known to Brittany. Like you are, you have to lose weight. You cannot gain weight, cannot do this. And so much so that <laughs> she actually ended up doing the opposite and ended up gaining weight from that. And she ended up finding these like little energy supplements and that was kind of helping her lose weight, actually. It was really beneficial for her. And it's just like energy supplements. It's literally like as if she's having like a prime energy drink. And they ended up finding out about this and they took them away and they said she is not allowed to have these. That's it. That is a substance. And she can't she can't be around any type of substances. Anytime she would walk into a, a room, anything, it always had to be checked prior to making sure that there's no alcohol and no drugs, no drugs, even including Tylenol. And she says in the book, and if she wanted a boyfriend, they had to be background checked. They had to be made sure to everything was looked into them to make sure that they were a certain type of person that Britney could be around. Essentially, somebody that wasn't going to rock the boat. They did not want to have anybody around Britney that was going to tell her, hey, you're in a really messed up situation right now. Have you ever thought about that? Because that was not allowed at all. Everything was controlled, everything. And so much so that she was forced to go on the Circus World Tour. She was forced to do her like Vegas residency. And at that point, she was complacent because she knew that if I follow the rules, I'll be able to see my children. If I don't follow the rules, they're going to take my kids away from me. And my kids are the biggest thing in my life. And I'm not going to allow them to do that. And if that means I have to sit down and be a robot to these people, fine. But just as long as I get to see my kids. Now, it got to a point where, yeah, she was complacent for a very long time. But then she started to feel like it was a little... It was a little too much at a point. She was getting her phone taken away. That's when she was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And towards the end of her Vegas residency, she talks about in the book how your hair is a powerful thing for women. And men love to see your long hair and they love to see it move and thrash and do all these things because it symbolizes you having a good time. Also, Britney Spears is very well known for that. You've seen like the my lonely, like all of that, like that is her staple thing. And she knew that and she knew that these people are making money off of me. They really don't care about me. But the one thing that I can do to rebel would be to not move my head. And at the end of her Vegas residency, not even the end of Vegas residency, through that whole residency, she did things to make sure that she was not going to move 
her head at all so that her hair wouldn't move. That was her way of rebelling against the conservatorship, which I think is crazy. Something so minute and minuscule, something so small as that as just like moving your hair is the closest thing to rebellious that she can get against this conservatorship because of how tied down she was to this. So she continues on. She makes millions of dollars for these people. And this is when that big announcement happened. And I remember the commercials of it and people, the hype around it of being like, Britney Spears has an announcement. Britney Spears has an announcement. Britney Spears is going to announce something. And it was in Vegas. So everyone was like, oh, she's going to do another residency. Holy crap. We're going to get another show. And again, as fans, you love Britney. You want to see her performing. You don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. And I feel like this is kind of the moment that everybody was like, what the hell is that? Like, although... And she does say, like, the tours were not great. She goes, I know I wasn't doing my best. I didn't want to do my best. I didn't want to do anything. I I was a hard time to be around during these times because of the fact that so much was happening behind the scenes. And I remember when they did this big grand reveal and I sat by my TV and I watched Britney Spears and they're like, she's going to have a, there's going to be a moment. There's going to be a moment. And the car door opens. She walks down the runway. She gets to the top of the podium or whatever it is I guess where they're supposed to announce what's happening what what happens and she just walks off nothing happens and people were like did you just hype around the fact that Britney Spears is going to make a tv appearance and walk down a podium like we love Britney and she's iconic and she's a living legend but we didn't have to get all excited for this we could have just watched this on YouTube so obviously the announcement didn't happen and from there she was then sent to another facility so everyone was kind of confused and everyone was like is she okay? Because this isn't the same girl that we know and we love. This isn't hit me baby one more time, girl. This is something different and something is going on. And we obviously don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but it's, we just have, you just had a whole TV space time to watch her walk down this runway. And even as she's like looking at the fans, you can watch this video on YouTube. She's very, you can tell she's not there. She's just not in it. Like she's over it. Doesn't want to be there. Like don't know what's about to happen. She's like, to the fans and everyone is freaking out. And from there, she gets sent to a facility. And in that facility is when some, one of the workers or one of the people within the facility show her the free Britney movement. And this part of the book is when Britney honestly gives us our flowers. I'm not gonna lie. She gives us our flowers because she talks about how grateful she is and how the support and overwhelming concern coming from her fans meant so much to her because it wasn't even coming from the people that were supposed to be, which is her family, which were the people that were doing these things to her. And she talks about how appreciative she is for that movement and how it brought so much light um, to what was happening. And now people are starting to kind of basically take the cover off. And we're trying now we're seeing the curtains are now falling and now we're starting to see that something isn't okay. So Free Britney, she's now noticing the Free Britney movement. I think this is also when like the Instagram stuff was happening too, where they're like, Britney, if you're in trouble, wear yellow. And all of a sudden the next video was her like pop lock and dropping in yellow. And we were like, whoa, that is not a coincidence. So she starts feeding into this narrative because now she's trying to, now she's trying to get, get rid of this conservatorship. She's like, this is too much now. Now this is, I can't even be complacent because how long am I going to be complacent for? During the time of the conservatorship, she had an appointed lawyer. And at that point, she thought that she wasn't allowed to have any other lawyer except the ones that was appointed to her because, again, she couldn't make decisions by herself. 
So it turns out towards the end of the conservatorship that that wasn't that wasn't legal at all. If she wanted to get representation on her own, she was very well able to do that. And she says in the book, I would have been able to know that I could have gotten myself a lawyer. So she ended up getting herself a lawyer. That lawyer, she told them the situation and the lawyer was like, yeah, this is not legal, Brittany. Like the stuff that's happening here is completely insane. Like you should not be going through this. Like you're a grown woman. And the way that you're speaking to me shows to me that you are able and there and physically there. You're just being put underneath the grass of your father, essentially. From there, the lawyer was like, what we can do to start this process is let's take your father off as your conservator. Let's just take him off and then we'll do the necessary things that we have to do to basically end this because you shouldn't be in this anymore and you should be able to see your children. You should be able to have a phone. You should be able to pick what you want to eat today. You should be able, you shouldn't be telling people to smuggle you hamburgers. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. You should be able to, you know, feel the fruits of your labor that you've worked so hard for because you went number one at 16. And for the past 13 years of your life, you've been essentially just a cash cow for people. And you're not able to live your life, do any, any of the little small things that you want to do. All she wanted to do was just spend time with her children. And she wasn't even allowed to do that. So fast forward, um, this lawyer finally does a, was able to kind of move the process along. And when Brittany was on vacation, she finds out her conservatorship has officially ended. And now she is a free woman, um, in the eyes of the law, at least. And it's done. It's done. That's it. We, she's able to do this thing. She gets all the things that she wants back. She's now allowed to pay for whatever she wants to pay for. Because before, if she wanted to buy a chair, if she wanted to buy herself Starbucks, all of that had to get approved by the conservator, which was her father. And now it's done. So these 13 years of misery and being complacent is finally done for Brittany. So conservatorship is done. And she essentially just ends the book with forgiveness. She says she forgives Jamie Lynn. She forgives her father. She says through spirituality, her she forgives her grandfather, forgives her mother, forgives everybody because forgiveness is the key of life. And she just talks about how she's a free woman now and how, you know, that was a point of her life, but it happened. And if I'm honest with you, and I'm not trying to like shit on anyone's parade, but I feel like a lot of the book, because that basically wraps it all up. There's a lot, obviously, more like little intricate details, but I'm not going to sit here for six hours explaining every single detail that happened in the book. These are probably like major key moments. But if you notice in this podcast of everything that I've said, these are all things... I'm going to be honest with you. These are all things that I mentioned in the first episode that we talked about when she got taken down on the gurney. We talked about the conservatorship. We talked about that she wasn't allowed to see her children. These are things that were all basically was all public knowledge. And I think it's a really powerful thing of Brittany to be able to, you know, come out and talk about her story and like all of the details of it. But in my opinion, I feel almost as if we didn't get the full scope of things. And I definitely, 
I feel like Britney Spears has been more open on her Instagram captions than she has been in this book. And it's not to say that it's because somebody told her not to do it, but obviously Britney Spears, the empire, there's a lot of people behind that. She can't just go out and write a book and then drop it. That goes through rounds and rounds and rounds of people, rounds of publicists, rounds of editors, rounds of all these people being like, don't say that name, don't say that name. I think Britney is a lot more truthful. And again, if y'all look at her Instagram captions, bad spelling and all emo and emojis and all we get a lot more from that than we do from this book because it, again it was public knowledge we knew that she dated justin timberlake there are big things in this book that we didn't know like we didn't know about the abortion didn't know that at all she talked about the jamie lynn experience um when she went on zoe 101 on that set and she had she yelled at the actress at the young child but we also knew about that because she wrote that in an instagram thing the difference is and if you look at the differences between the book and her instagram captions which i'm being so serious about um when she talks about that experience of zoe 101 going on there and talking to that actress and being like did you are you talking about my sister are you being mean to my sister in her instagram caption she names her she says this is the person i think she even tagged her in the book she doesn't say her name says not one name and maybe it's also because of the fact that she's making money off of this and so she doesn't want to just say people's name but at the same time it's like i feel almost as if a lot of this was already put out there in the world and we got a lot we got more details we definitely did get more details but not earth shattering details and it's not to say that we're entitled to that either because again she's entitled to her own level of privacy as well especially being the fact that for 13 years of her life she wasn't entitled to that it was just something of just like okay well we knew about the shaving of the head we knew about the green umbrella we knew about you know kevin doing this and this and this we knew about you know there are big bombs in there it's just it's a good read. It's just not as earth shattering as I thought, as I think everybody thought it was going to be. And even towards the end of the book, and I'm going to be very sensitive when I'm saying these next things, because I'm not to say I'm not going to try to say that her emotions are invalidated or she's lying about her emotions. Not at all. But even towards the end of the book, wrapping it up, it almost felt as if like the forgiveness side of the book was more so let's wrap this up in the nice bow and call it a day. And don't ask me anything more about it because I'm not going to talk about it. Not to say that she doesn't forgive them, and I'm sure she does, but it felt like a very, it felt like a PR cleanup. And it's like, let's clean it up and let's start to change things here. Let's start to change the narrative a little bit. We don't want you to look like a scorned woman, even though she would be well entitled to be angry at these people for the rest of her life. Because I know that if I was put in that same situation, I can't even imagine being put in that situation, but any normal person that's not something that it's just like water for ducks back. It happened. It's okay. People make mistakes. This wasn't a mistake. This was a clear abuse of power. That's what that was. It was an abuse of power. It was an abuse of honestly of a relationship of being like, I'm your father. It's not just a random person, but overall, I mean, it was a good read. There's a lot more little smaller details in there that you guys can kind of look in there for yourselves. But I definitely think that it just wasn't earth shattering news. The abortion was. The abortion was down. I did not know that. I was like, when I read that, I was like, yeah. But again, and also, like I said, sometimes we're just not entitled to knowing everything. We don't have to know everything. But I kind of wish I did. I kind of wish I got a little bit more insight as to Britney today. Because we knew that. We knew all of that. We knew that happened. We knew that, you know, this was 
bad. If anything, the paparazzi were all over your ass. We knew this. I wanted to hear more about Britney today. And what does Britney Spears' life look like today? Because obviously she's not on tour. Obviously she's not doing like, I don't think she's releasing any new music that we are currently as she was in the past. But what is Britney Spears' life like today? Even what is that marriage like like today? Because she briefly talks about it, doesn't really go too much in depth about it, goes a lot more in depth with Justin Timberlake, but goes a lot more in depth with the paparazzi guy than she does with her current marriage that she is now with. And I just, I don't, I wish the book was a little bit more about her today. And is she okay today? And I hope she is. It seems like she is. I mean, it seems like she's well able, then she's kind of turning a new leaf and leaving that side of her life in the past. But it would have been nice to have that reassurance because I think one thing that everybody got from that era of life is worry. And I feel like people will always be a little worried for Britney just because how did this go on for 13 years? And we didn't realize it until like the last couple years of it. So you just never know. You never know. But we hope she's okay. And we love you, Brittany. Congratulations on the book, girl. I know you're watching. Just kidding. Can you imagine? Oh my God, I get read to filth. Hopefully she's good. And hopefully she's moving in the right direction. And she's where she is at life. And more importantly, we hope that she's happy. Because as fans of Britney Spears, that's all you can wish for. You can hope someone is happy. We may not need to know everything. We just wanted to know, are you okay today? Because all of that is traumatic, but we knew that. We just wanted to know, with all of that being so traumatic, are you okay today? And I feel like we didn't really get that answer in that book. So, and we may never get that answer. This one was a doozy, guys. This one was a doozy. Um, Hopefully, you know, you guys kind of read the book upon yourselves and you build your own opinions about it. But this was mainly just like a recap of what was in the book, the biggest points of the book um, from beginning, middle, end. And yeah, this one was a doozy. But I feel like because I did the first episode of Britney, it was well past due that we have to do the recap and let her tell her own story as opposed to having us do that for her. So thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, comment below what you guys think. What if, if you think Brittany's okay now I, or she, if she's happy, I hope she is. We love you. Um, show some Brittany love. And yeah, that's it. That's it. And we're going to end it with we love you, Brittany. And thank you so much for all the years, girl. Thank you so much for all the years. Even though the circus show, you said it wasn't that great. People still ate it up and they still paid for that because they love you. That's it. All right. Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye.